And good morning, Mike Broomhead. I was going to say something like, wow, this morning really flew by, but <laughs> yeah, it, I can't yeah. take the groans. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny to us, but anybody headed to Sky Harbor or waiting at Sky Harbor, probably not laughing so much. Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, tough day, tough yeah. day. Good uh, good morning, everyone. It is interesting as uh, we're, we're, I'm going to talk about this for a moment. The FAA, if you're headed to Sky Harbor Airport, if you're just jumping in the car or you're just waking up and you got a flight this morning, check with your airline. We reached out this morning before the show to Sky Harbor Airport. They said stay in touch with the airline. There are still some delays, although they are diminishing as the FAA had a shutdown of a system that warns pilots of danger. Uh, again, a, probably a system you want in working order before you get on an airplane. Um, I want you to hear just a little bit of this. Uh, we're going to jump into another topic in a moment, but get you updated on this. This is uh, someone from ABC talking about the FAA and how this system works. This information is disseminated to pilots nationwide, whether it's recreational pilots or airline pilots, and that system provides advisories. The advisories may include everything from bad weather to maybe hazards near an airport like birds or even construction. That system right now is down, and pilots have to use an alternate system. I believe right now they're using telephone to get those advisories at different airports. So that is um, that's a little bit of how the system works. It went down. They're still trying to figure out how that happened and what happened. But now all flights are beginning to leave. The system is back up and running. And so they have canceled this grounding of flights. But there have been serious delays beginning early this morning. So if you're headed out to Sky Harbor Airport, uh, you're going to want to make sure you check with your airline. Um, If you've got the app from your airline, which I use when I fly, it'll notify you what's going on. But keep updated on what's happening at Sky Harbor Airport and uh, around the country. If you got a connecting flight, it's going to be tough, but you'll be able to get through today at some point. And so keep it locked here at KTAR. And another reason, uh, I always advise people to download the KTAR News app because it will notify you when things like this are happening. You'll be notified right on your device. Um, I want to jump into the economy topic. It was an interesting story. I, I always, I, I shouldn't say I always, I often refer to the site Zero Hedge when it comes to stories about the economy. Um, uh, come on, coming off several challenging years is just the very first paragraph, just two lines. Americans enter 2023 with a mostly gloomy outlook for the U.S. as majority as majorities predict negative conditions in 12 of 13 economic, political, societal, and international arenas. So uh, people are not very uh, optimistic about 2023. And I will tell you that perception is reality, especially when it comes to the economy. When people feel confident in their financial future, they're more likely to spend. When they are not confident, they're less likely to spend. And it is, you know, there are, there are a lot of studies that, that go on about the economy and about consumer uh, optimism and what they think. And it's interesting. There are a couple of questions that are often asked. One is, um, are, are you, do you feel like you've done better this year than you did last year? Or you are going to do better this year than you did last year. And then the other one is for the future. Are you going to do better next year than you did this year? It's, so it's, what's the future hold? Are you better than the past? Um, another thing that's interesting is a lot of times people will say, you know, I'm doing okay, but I'm concerned about my neighbors. I'm concerned about the people around me. I'm personally doing all right, but based on what I'm seeing, I know there's a lot of people out there that are hurting. That's another indicator where people are a little bit nervous because of the overall economy. So what we are seeing now with high inflation that continues to remain very, very high. 
the potential for more rate increases that's going to make it more expensive to borrow money. We are now hearing about a slowdown in the economy. Wage growth has slowed or is slowing, and the concern will be that there won't be jobs out there. So people have begun to kind of ratchet back a little bit, especially some of the um, discretionary spending, and hoping that they can do a little bit better. You couple that with consumer debt is, again, at a very, very high level because at Christmas time or the holidays, I guess I should say, people did spend money. They put them on credit cards or there was layaway programs, buy now, pay later, that kind of stuff, or pay as you go. And are people going to default on that? That's a big concern. Bed Bath & Beyond, the, the latest of the major retailers that are starting to scale back and close stores. They're closing some here in the Valley. So um, I guess the average person has got to look at their own budget. And that's what's concerning, I think, to so many people is when you can't predict. When you know what's going on, even if it's bad news, you're able to adjust. When it's in flux and you're not sure, that's when people get really nervous. What is going to happen? Once something happens, you can deal with the results. But not being sure, how long is that side hustle that someone has, that second job, how long is that going to last? Are you able to make money while you're out there doing that? Whether it's ride share or delivery or whatever it is, there's a lot of people out there that have found second sources of income that's been able to keep them above water and is the potential for some of those going away has got some people concerned. So this study was absolutely, you know, actually pretty I- interesting. Um, when offered opposing outcomes on each issue, about eight in 10 U.S. adults think 2023 will be a year of economic difficulty with higher rather than lower taxes and growing rather than shrinking budget deficits. Um, that's another thing. That's another <clears throat> another direction people are concerned about with the increase in taxes, which I find to be absolutely ridiculous. You know, Reagan said it best um, during the high inflation when he took office after the Carter administration. Um, Reagan said, you know, uh, the inflation is not high because the people are living too well. Uh, inflation is high because the government is living too well. And there was a th- there was an idea of shrinking the government and taking the burden away from the American public. There is still a, an element in our society, and I would say it's even grown some, where the idea that punishing the rich is a good idea, whether it's punitive or not, that taking more from wealthy people is going to somehow make the economy better, and it just doesn't. Um, it may make you feel good that rich people are paying a big segment, a big chunk of this or a chunk of that, but let's be honest. Wealthy people are the job creators, directly and indirectly. With the things they buy, they create jobs. The fact that they continue to buy things is creating jobs, but some of them are the entrepreneurs that start business, that hire people, and I just think it's the faster we get over class warfare, the faster we stop looking at the haves versus the have-nots and punishing the haves and blaming the haves for the difficulties of the have-nots, the better off we are. Um, That doesn't mean that nobody – that people shouldn't pay their fair share, but what do you consider to be fair? What is fair? And then on top of what is fair, what does the government do with the tax dollars that they collect? That's another thing that is should be a big question for the American public. And I think even if it's not done intentionally, it's something that is a byproduct of our of our doubt in each other. Instead of the fight being where the American people hold their elected officials accountable, I want you to think of another element or another aspect of your life where your finances are directly involved. That people are not accountable for how they spend that money. I mean, whoever handles your finances, if you have someone, I have a friend um, 
that I invest some money with, and he's he's a close friend. But I want to make sure that he's doing the right thing with my money. I get a statement. I make sure that the money's there. You we you know you, there is a check and balance. You want value when you when, as little as dumb as it sounds. When you go to a restaurant, you're making sure that you're only paying for what you what you bought. If you go to the grocery store, if there's a discount on an item, you make sure you get the discount. We are we hold people accountable when it's our money that's being spent, and then we have taxes taken from us in the federal government and the waste and the redundancy and the American people don't seem to be holding the federal government accountable. And that to me is one of the biggest issues. It should be. Uh, we all have our political differences and I like them. I really do. The, the the push and pull of Republican versus Democrat and what is value and how our money should be spent and how it should be cared for and what we do, that should always be there. But it should never replace the skepticism we have in the elected officials in making sure that they're doing the right thing with money. Democrats and Republicans equally should be upset when there's government waste. When a report comes out every single year of billions and billions of unaccounted dollars, they don't know where the money went. Equipment that's owned by the federal government purchased with your tax dollars that just disappears, they don't know where it went. Redundancy, where money is spent over and over again in programs that overlap each other. If we just got rid of some of those things, we would re- we would relieve a lot of the tax burden and reduce a lot of our deficits. It's not. In, I'm not insulting the government. It's just it's it is the nature of the beast as big and bloated as it gets. Instead, there's this system in place that has us against each other. If you're someone that's wealthy and you get a tax cut, it's bad because why should the rich get a tax cut? If you're someone that's working class and you have to pay taxes, why should I have to pay this? I'm barely getting along and I'm on a very strict budget. It should be all of us paying a fair share, but we should all be holding government officials accountable for what they do with the money. It's one of the reasons why we should pay close attention to local elections more so than we do the federal elections, because how they spend your money locally matters more than anything else. It affects you directly. It will affect you very quickly and it affects you directly. So it's just, it's one of those areas that we talk about, but we don't, we don't necessarily focus on. So we're going to talk about the economy a few times this morning and give you an opportunity uh, to hear more of what these headlines are and what's happening. Coming up in a moment, the Phoenix Police Department is seeking public input for its use of force policy. I'll let you hear a little bit more about that and we'll have a discussion of whether or not this is valuable. It's all coming up in just a couple of moments. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. Uh, Going to keep reminding you this morning, check with your airlines. There was grounding of flights because of a failed system early, early this morning. It delayed a lot of flights. It is back up and running. All flights are cleared to go, but there has been some delays at Sky Harbor Airport and others across the country. If you're flying today, check with the airline about your flight and any delay that might be happening. Um, the Phoenix Police Department is asking for input on their use of force policy uh, and it's uh, just a, they're, they're, uh, they released a statement saying a draft copy of the proposed use of force policy available here for review it's important to note that the draft is not the entire policy the public input and comment period will last for two weeks beginning uh, January 17th and ending the 31st the public's invited and encouraged to submit feedback once the comment period begins we will send out a link for the feedback form next week all comments will be reviewed 
reviewed and taken into consideration before the policy is finalized. Um, I've got a stack of stories in front of me about police officer deaths and how dangerous the job is. Um, I think in the end there is a balance here. All of us understand that. Um, all of us, I think people have had bad intera- interactions sometimes with police officers. I have as pro-cop as I am. I've had a couple of times I've talked about in my life where I've had bad interactions with, quite frankly, bad cops. Just bad cops that shouldn't have been in that job. And one of them, as a matter of fact, eventually was arrested and went to prison. Um, so I just happened to draw the unlucky straw being pulled over by this guy one time. But uh, as a profession, I would say the vast majority of police officers are good at what they do. They're professional in the way they do things. They go into this job to protect people's rights and protect innocent people from the crime that's on the streets. And another element of what people don't understand is who they're dealing with. We all understand when you're dealing with different people, you handle it differently. Even with your own kids, when parents discipline their children, your children are different. I was the hard-headed kid in my family. I was the one that just kept running headfirst into that wall, not believing that it's going to hurt. And when you do that, when you're that hard-headed kid, your parents have to do different things to get through to you. You know, my youngest brother was much easier. He was a much easier one to discipline. He he learned his lesson quickly. Um, But when you're dealing with elements of the public, A, you don't know if people are dangerous, and B, most of the time you're called into a situation that's already dangerous. And so, you know, the number one job for a police officer is to go home at the end of their shift, to make sure that their fellow officers go home at the end of their shift. So I don't think any of us want to take the teeth out of law enforcement, or at least I don't. I want a police officer to feel like, whether I don't care if it's a deputy or a a trooper, this goes for all officers. I want officers to understand if you are faced with physical threat, that you shouldn't have to worry about your career in order to protect yourself. They shouldn't be held to any higher of a standard with physical force than the rest of society is. They shouldn't have to use restraint when restraint's not being used with them. Now, there is something some people call it the ladder of force or whatever you want to call it that officers are trained in. It begins with a verbal command. It's ask, then tell, then do. Um, You know, you ask someone to do something, then you command them to do it. You say, will you please step out of the car? Then you order them out of the car. Then you remove them from the car. And then when something gets into a physical altercation, they have tools available from using hands-on and physical altercation to less lethal forms of restraint to lethal force. And you don't have to touch everyone, but they're trained in this and they're very well trained. That doesn't mean that every police officer does the right thing. But when the public is asked about this, I wonder, and I I mean this sincerely, how much of us understand, and I, I wish we all did. I hope all of us will investigate what does an officer really face? I've said this um, before, and maybe it's a good illustration. If you're driving right now, if you're in traffic, if you're sitting at a traffic light, I want you to imagine for whatever reason the car in front of you has their muffler dragon or something hanging out of their trunk or the side of their door or something, that there would be a reason why you would approach the car in front of you in traffic. You would get out of your vehicle and approach a stranger in a car. It's it's, It's nerve wracking. Now, imagine doing that on a dark street or, you know, a dark highway and doing this for a job where you're approaching someone's vehicle. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they're capable of. And it's your job to do this. There is no such thing as a routine traffic stop. 
So, you know, there's a level of, of awareness and a, and a heightened sense of self-preservation at the beginning of a tra- even a traffic stop. And we have to understand as citizens that a police officer is a human being, too. And I just hope that as the public does, and I think maybe public input input is a good idea, but it should be somewhat of an educated idea that most of the time police officers are called to a situation where they're dealing with something that's already gone wrong. And when that happens, they have to respond in kind. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that I find that a lot of us don't take into consideration, and I hope that we will before we jump to any conclusions. Coming up in a moment, uh, we're going to have Gatos. He's going to join me. It's called the BQ Poll Question of the Day. Stick around. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. I got a good one today. You do? Oh, yeah. The Great Wall of Ducey, as I like to call it. <laughs> the shipping containers. It seems that it's going to cost us a pretty penny. Did you see that? Uh, did you see the bill that taxpayers are getting for this thing? I did. What do you think? It is what it is. I, I thought they, I didn't have a problem with them putting that wall up there, so I don't have a problem with them taking it down. So. I don't have a pro. I didn't have a problem with them putting the wall up. I just wish I would have known that would it would have cost two hundred million dollars to taxpayers. It's one of those things where you've got to ask Ducey. Did you know it was going to be up for a couple months, and then you'd have to take it down? And did you know it was going to cost two hundred million dollars? I think that's the question because there are pros and cons of it. You know, it put a spotlight on the fact that, my goodness, we need a lot more border wall, don't we? We do. I mean, my gosh, but right? Did you did you see the comment yesterday by the Mexican president thanking Biden for not building even one meter of wall since he's been I president? Did. I did. I, I'm not quite sure Biden wanted that compliment. I don't. Uh, I think privately he did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think yeah. he wanted it public. No, and I saw that too, Mike, and I was like, that is the worst thing to be thanked. Hey, listen, we'd like to thank you for doing absolutely nothing on the border. I mean, that's basically what what he told yeah. what he told the president. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, man, that was humiliating. But you know what? I'm glad the, that the Mexican president said it because it's true. Yeah. It's true. We've got a guy who's done zip. He's done nothing. So uh, here's my cue. Doug Ducey's shipping container barrier will cost Arizona taxpayers over $2 million, sorry, over $200 million. Was it worth it? Yes or no? Well, That's a good yeah. question. I think it is a very good question. It's tough because you're a Monday morning quarterback. Now you have all the information in front of you. You got $200 million it's going to cost taxpayers. The wall didn't stay up very long. And so you're wondering, well, you know, I'm sure it was partly a stunt by Ducey and, and partly, well, we got to do something. So yeah. it's kind of, I don't know, man. For me, it's 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 a bit tough. I, 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 it's a Monday morning quarterback thing. I think if, I would say this. I think if you knew everything today. Uh, I think if you knew everything then that you know today, I don't know if you put those things up. Yeah, and maybe if the if the governor knew that it was going to come down as quickly as maybe he yeah. wouldn't have done it. Maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's maybe, a good maybe, question. Yeah, maybe maybe you don't put it up, but what's done is done. Yep, absolutely. Well, a good question. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow, and I'll be listening this afternoon while I'm cruising around. Man, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, thanks.
That's Gatos, the BQ poll question today, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You can go to KTAR.com and vote and see how others have voted as well. What we're going to do just after 9 o'clock, we're going to talk about the border. Senator Sinema and Kelly led a, uh, a congressional delegation, and uh, we're going to talk about what they found, what they saw, what Yuma County Sheriff and some other sheriffs, other people are saying that they may get from this. Was this a fruitful trip? Is this going to lead to better border security? Is this going to lead to more knowledge about what's happening at the border? We'll talk about it in a few moments.